Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam, and this is the Awareness and Consciousness podcast from pathwaytohappiness.com. And the topic for this podcast is faith. What is a belief? In a roundabout way, the question got asked of me, what is a belief? And I guess I hadn't tried to make it that simple before. A belief is a conceptual idea that we invest our faith in. And then, of course, this begs the question, what's our faith? And faith is not a, this isn't a religious reference to faith. What is your faith, as in what is your set of doctrine? What church do you go to? When I talk about faith, I'm talking about the personal power you have. Your faith is a force, part of your life force that you channel in a certain way. When you put your faith in something, you are putting your personal power, you are investing your personal power in that conceptual idea. You can also believe in someone or believe in yourself, and that's different. You're investing yourself not in a conceptual idea, something that is, call it, real. Whereas investing your faith in a conceptual idea is different. An example of a conceptual idea is the earth is flat. And in that agreement, we put our faith in that idea, that paradigm of a flat earth. And now in the virtual reality of our mind, we see the earth as flat. More likely, we don't come up with this idea. That idea is told to us by others who have it in the virtual reality of their mind. And that's the way they see it. And they share that bit of information and takes root in our imagination, if we agree. And by agree, I mean put our faith in that and say, okay, or accept it in some way as being truthful. Some might say the other uh, option of putting your faith in it is to doubt. Doubting something is not the opposite of putting your faith in it. Doubting something is putting your faith in an opposing conceptual idea. If you're going for a job interview and you can either be so confident, I'm going to get that job, I just know it. You have your faith in that outcome, the conceptual idea you have in your mind of that outcome. Or, the other option seems, I don't think I'll get it. Which is to say, you're putting your faith in the opposing, I won't get it outcome. Both imagined realities, conceptual realities, virtual realities. That may or may not happen. In either case, you are investing your personal power in one or the other. One is hopeful and one is doubtful.
But in both, you are bleeding out your personal power. You could say the opposite of having your faith in something is not to have it in doubt, but rather to be a skeptic. To suspend your investment of faith in an idea, an abstract idea, and instead hold your faith in reserve, hold your personal power within. To refrain from agreeing to one conceptual idea or disagreeing with it, which is to say, agree with an opposing conceptual idea. But hold your faith within. In that state of mind, we could say, I don't know what the outcome will be. To be in a state of I don't know is to be a skeptic. This isn't the same as being doubtful or a doubter. To be a skeptic requires a high degree of awareness. To do it in a discerning way that isn't negative, that isn't sarcastic, that isn't derogatory to oneself or to another, that doesn't suspend our openness to possibility. That's an art form, a very high mastery in life to be a skeptic. Because when you can master being a skeptic, you hold all your faith within, you have all your personal power, and you can use it and invest it where you choose to. And when you, and if you decide to invest it in something, you will have a lot of personal power at your disposal to invest in a direction or something that you choose to invest in, and you can give it a lot of momentum with your faith. So, Suppose you are going for that job interview or whatever it is, and you have fear. For all that matter, it could be a date, promotion, asking someone to marry you. And there's fear. I'm afraid it won't turn out okay. I'm afraid I'll be rejected. We could say at that point that you have your faith invested in some ideas of negative outcomes. Ideas of negative outcomes that will result in feeling emotionally hurt or physically hurt, depending on the situation. In that case, you are investing your faith in an imagined future. It may or may not be a good assessment. It may be a very accurate assessment. If I go do this, I'll get physically hurt. If I go tell this person what I really think of them, they'll probably punch me in the nose. There is the action to go and do the thing. And then there's a separate mechanism in this scenario. That is, what are you investing your faith in?
And it is the conceptual idea of an unpleasant out that you invest your faith in that generates the fear of that thing that isn't happening yet. It's not time yet to be afraid. It's not time yet to be worried. I know people who are worried about, you know, old age. What happens when, 30, 40, 50 years from now? They have invested their faith in conceptual ideas, destroying the enjoyment of today for something that may or may not happen 30, 40, 50 years from now. Yes, plan financially. Take care of your health. Do the actions on your behalf to take care of your body. But worry is not preparation. Investing your faith, bleeding off your personal power into conceptual ideas that generate fear is not an impeccable expression of your faith. Investing in ideas of terrible outcomes for an interview or asking someone on a date or fear of rejection and ending a relationship, all of those scenarios, is not an impeccable investment of your faith. Your return on your investment is fear. Let me back up a step here and make it a little clearer. What happens when we invest our faith in a conceptual idea? I'm not going to get the job. She won't go out with me. He will turn me down, dump me. Whatever that conceptual idea of an event is that we have in our imagination. And we can call it a thought. The thought of, I'll be rejected. Turned down, won't get the promotion. Those are thoughts. You see, those thought things, abstract ideas, conceptual ideas, we come. They have no personal power. They have they they have no power. However, when you put your faith in it, which to say which is to say you believe it, and you believe it will happen, and you believe that it will mean that you're unworthy, you're a bad person, they don't like you, you're not lovable, you're gonna fail your Whatever you construe as the other beliefs connected with that, that's what produces the emotion. That emotion can be kind of powerful at times. It can be a very strong experience. How'd that emotion get there? How is that emotion so powerful? You make it that way. It's really a measurement of the power you have called faith that you put in a conceptual idea, a negative self-image or a positive self-image or a hopeful outcome, tragic outcome, fearful outcome, whatever the emotion is. 
you put that ingredient called faith, your personal power, into that imagined reality. And your emotional body responds with the natural emotional response to that, to perceiving that imagery. Emotion is what you get back from the combination of putting your faith in that imaginary world called conceptual ideas. Now, there's a lot of business running around lately about the power of thought, the importance of thinking positive thoughts, the importance of changing and getting rid of negative thoughts. You know, thoughts are abstract ideas. They're going to be around as long as we have communication, as long as we think. It's like, you know, thoughts are not really a problem. Thoughts don't really generate any emotion by themselves. Thoughts can help make a clear assessment. Okay, I'm going to go to a job interview, or I'm going to go ask this person out, or I'm going to go for a promotion. And A, I may get accepted, it may go great, or B, I might get turned down. That's the assessment. But when I start investing in the thought of what if I get turned down? What does it mean about me? Believing in a unworthy self-image about myself. Self-image called a conceptual idea of oneself. Putting my faith in that image that I am a loser, I am a reject. And if I put my faith in that before I ever go and apply for the promotion, sitting here just thinking about it, putting my faith in that scenario that I am that, just in the consideration of it, now I have a whirlwind of emotion. That emotion can be a very powerful experience, and it is directly proportional to how much faith you have in that conceptual idea of what it means or what you are, self-image related to that. And the thought isn't really the problem because thoughts aren't that powerful. You see, to me, changing your thoughts is chasing the tail. That's not where the big money is. The real power is in where do you put your faith? Harder to see faith. Harder to be aware of it. Requires a higher degree of awareness to realize what you're putting your faith in and what you're not believing in. It's much more subtle. It's a force. It's your personal power much more subtle because it's silent. It's invisible. Thoughts you can hear if you listen. If you can notice the thoughts, that's a start. Again, being aware, observer, having your attention to do that. 
more likely you're going to find the beliefs or where you're putting your faith by looking at the emotions. Those you'll need to notice. Those will be an indicator of where your faith is, where you put your personal power, which ideas, which conceptual ideas, which thoughts get your personal power. And so between the emotions, the internal dialogue, the words that come out of your mouth, now you have a means to unravel that mystery of what you're putting your faith in. What I've been talking about here is principally about recovering your faith, first becoming aware of the thoughts that you invest your faith in that become beliefs, that then tug at our attention in our mind, and if those beliefs are unknown to us, cause us to have emotional reactions and create behaviors, habits we're not aware of. So this is the first part of the journey. Most important part. For those people who are interested in recovering personal power, those people who don't have enough personal power to change habits, it's because they've invested their personal power in the form of faith into all those existing conceptual ideas, turn them into beliefs. And so the most important place to start is to recover your personal power back by divesting your faith from those things you learned to believe in long ago that you probably don't even remember anymore. And of course, the question shows up, well, what do I believe in then? I have to believe in something, and no, you don't have to believe in something. Although that's a reaction the mind has. You see, if something's the truth, you don't need to believe in it. The sun's going to come up tomorrow, but you don't need to believe that. If it's the truth, it's going to happen. You see, those things that aren't the truth, ideas we have, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'm not good enough, those conceptual ideas, I'm beautiful, I'm better than someone else, I'm so smart, those ego, self-important ideas as well. Those self-images, false self-images, they need your undying faith in order to perpetuate themselves. They live and feed off in your mind the energy of your faith, your personal power. And when you don't feed them anymore, those illusions dissolve. And what remains is the truth. Because if you take your faith out of something that's the truth, it's still there. See, the truth doesn't need you to believe in it. It's still going to remain. But if you take your faith, recover your personal power from all those illusions, they dissolve. 
It's kind of funny. So many people want to know how to change a belief. And they ask in a paradigm as if it's some kind of hard thing to do. When the reality is, if you just no longer invest your faith in that belief, it will dissolve itself. And really, how much effort is it to not put your faith in something? That's a not doing. The easiest thing in the world it is to not put your faith in something. You just don't. You refrain. Of course, you have to become aware of this habit of where you put your faith, this silent force that you may not be aware of. And once you become aware of it, you can refrain, and yes, now it's easy. But it doesn't take a lot of effort to not do something. It does take awareness. So in this first part of the journey, the most important aspect is to recover your personal power by recovering your faith from all those other beliefs. And then do you need to believe in something? Well, no, the truth still remains and doesn't require you to believe in it. But if you want to do something, if you want to go for a job interview, if you want to create a business, yes, you're going to put your belief, your faith in some assumptions that it will work, that you will get the job, that it's worth your time to go and interview. Put your faith in the assumption that they will hire you, that you have the necessary skills or can learn the necessary skills. And putting your faith in that set of ideas, you'll then act on those beliefs. Because we basically act on what we believe. The principal part in this, though, is if you don't get the job, then you have to pull your faith back out of all those assumptions again and say, okay, well, they didn't hire me, and that's that. And pull your faith out of the assumptions that they will hire you, they should hire you, that you're the best person for the job. Because if you leave your faith in there, after the interview's over and after you've been turned down, You continue to have your faith in the belief, I'm the best person for the job, they should hire me, and now the reality is they didn't, and now your virtual reality in the mind based on your beliefs is incongruent with the real world, and now there's a lot of dialogue, regret, disappointment, anger that can get stirred up between the conflict in those two worlds, the virtual reality and the real world. What's required is detachment, detaching your faith, your personal power from those beliefs, letting them dissolve. Detachment required in order for those emotional reactions and that conflict and thought and internal dialogue to dissolve. Once you cover your faith from those expectations, there's peace again. One of the most painful emotional experiences is those relationships, the breakups, the broken hearts, where we find over time 
that we've put our faith in this beautiful future and an outcome of a happily ever after story. Who we believe she is, who we believe he is, and then somewhere down the road, things change. They are not the person that fits the image of what we put our faith in. This is not the relationship. It's not the happily ever after story. The relationship ends in reality. But in our mind, we still have all those images of ourselves in that couple, of ourselves in that relationship, of all the emotions we're going to experience, all the joy that's in our future. We've invested our faith in that whole picture. And that virtual reality of a future relationship versus the real reality where it's over can create a lot of unhappiness, misery, and perpetuates the emotional reactions and pain and suffering of a broken heart. People ask, well, how do I let her go? How do I let him go? I have trouble letting him or her go. No, you don't. They're gone. What you're not letting go of or pulling back is your faith from the virtual images in your mind of some imagined future. When you pull your faith back from those, which is to stop believing in that outcome and that expectation, those images can dissolve. You still have your beautiful memories, but the future images dissolve. And that's detachment. Life isn't always about recovering your faith from everything. Then you have all this personal power, but then what do you do with it? My God, you put it in what you choose, and you go for it 100%. And if it works, fabulous. And if it doesn't work at some point, well, then it's about detachment. But to invest your faith with outmastering detachment, that's a setup for emotional drama and misery in your life. So that's the game of faith. The first part of the journey, it's mostly about recovering your faith because growing up over the years, we've put our faith in so many things, so many self-images of who we are and who we should be who other people are and who they should be, the way the world is and the way the world should be, all those opinions, all those conceptual ideas. Have our faith already. Then the first part of the journey is about recovering your faith. Then it's about learning to invest it where you choose so that you're inspired to take action. And learning to detach when it's time to detach and to go create something else. Take new and different actions as you grow. Learning how to handle your faith, your personal power of faith, is a mastery. Something that you can't really even begin to master until you master your attention. Where you're focusing your attention. Until you master awareness of your emotions. To see where your attention and your faith is and what ideas. 
which all begins with awareness. Awareness is the ability to see with clarity this whole world, this invisible world of faith, to perceive the subtleties of it, the power of it, the subtleties of emotions, which are the feedback. Awareness is the capacity it opens your eyes to a whole other world of everything that's going on in your mind and your emotions, your belief system, and what you're doing with your personal power, what you're doing in your relationships, how you create your happiness or your unhappiness. This is Gary Van Warmerdam from pathwaytohappiness.com about awareness and faith. If you are interested in exercises and practices to develop your awareness and help recover your faith, you will find them available in the Self Mastery Series audio on my website. I'm also available for individual consulting and coaching. Thank you for your time.